Hey, welcome back to Booming It. I'm John Cremans. I'm glad to have you along today. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about inventors, inventions, ideas. Now, you know, when I say those three words, what do you think of? You think of Doc Brown creating a time machine that looks like a DeLorean? Or are you thinking about somebody that has found a problem that is inherent to everyone's lives and they've come up with a solution? You know, both answers would be right. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that the inventor is the, the true mechanism that creates new innovation and new things that happen in our lives. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about the inventor's blueprint to success. Some great ideas, some tips, if you will, that I've learned in my many years of pitching products to America. And they're going to help you out, especially if you're a, a boomer entrepreneur. You know, I've spent a lot of my life pitching products to America. I'm one of the first television shopping hosts with sales of over $2 billion. And I'm considered kind of a, a pioneer in the, in the home shopping industry. My span of over 40 years as a broadcaster, as well as a national television shopping host, is unrivaled by only a few in electronic retailing. To say I know a few things about pitching a product or an idea might be an understatement. I mean, I've helped American entrepreneurs and inventors find their way in the vastness of all that is direct response and television shopping. I mean, I thoroughly love to hear their stories of inspiration, their plans for the future. You know, our, our nation is one built on the innovations of some of the most interesting people on the planet, the American inventor. Um, during my journey as an entrepreneur, I've kind of seen it all. I've helped inventors bring their product to life. I've helped produce it and I've helped pitch it to the masses. So what follows is going to help you lead uh, your product or your idea to success. So you think you have the next big idea, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I've talked to an entrepreneur or an inventor that believe that they had the next big thing. They're all wide-eyed, they're full of excitement, and truly not having a clue of what to do. I mean, they attempt to pitch me their idea with all the clumsiness of a newborn deer, full of tenacity, no coordination, yet determined to have someone else believe in their idea as much as they do. And it happens all the time. You know, unfortunately, most of their message gets lost in a whole lot of clutter. You think after all their effort of coming up with the idea and then producing it, they know how to wow the audience and get the sale. I mean, we're going to solve that problem. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the basic must-do steps in the inventive process and then give you my secrets to pitching like a pro. So if you follow what I tell you to do here, beginning to end, you'll be much more confident and your success is going to be that much closer. Now, in the creation of your product or idea, you first saw a problem, right? It needed to be addressed. You came up with a solution, something that was so detrimental to ordinary living that you came up with a solution to fix it. Now, in that one moment, you started to figure out what your solution needed to be to correct the problem and probably sat down and wrote what your idea would need to do to solve the problem completely. You might not have realized it, but you know what? You are actually coming up with the features and their benefits that will make your idea the perfect solution. Now, you probably went out and you told your friends and family about your idea, right? You know, I get it. You're excited. But you may have made one of the biggest mistakes a lot of new inventors make. You're probably thinking, what, what, what kind of a mistake would that be? Well, your attempt to gain support for your idea has now exposed it. Now, in the word of first to file, especially with the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, 
that aunt or uncle that may have never liked you or that friend you thought was your best friend and could, well, they could easily take your idea. So what you need to do is you need to get a provisional patent. Uh, your idea is no longer yours if someone files first. Don't think it could never happen to you. I mean, there's a reason sharks circle blood in the water. <laughs> they found a fish and they're about to devour it. Money motivates even the worst people uh, and really brings out the worst, even with family and friends. So, so make sure you protect your next big thing. Now, I'm going to cover that uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, it's a basic step in the how-to to inventing. Now, I don't want to, you know, tell you not to invent or dissuade you from doing what you think is right by creating a solution to a problem. You just got to remember, I mean, I've seen it too many times, especially uh, in my life as an entrepreneur, where a young guy or young gal come up with a, an amazing idea. And the moment they tell somebody, they lose the opportunity to be there first. Uh, and it happens uh, a lot. I'm not going to name the product, but I, I remember a time uh, a young inventor had come up with, well, one of the world's first most unique umbrellas ever. I mean, wait a minute, you think, well, umbrellas, and, you know, and, well, umbrellas have been around for a long time, right? Well, yeah and no. How about an umbrella that was actually reversible, that didn't bring the water toward you when you closed it, it pushed it away? Yeah, I mean, really unique. Now, this inventor had a patent. But the problem was he never continued that patent, meaning that he never kept up with it, never saw what would happen to it if somebody was using it or not. Well, all of a sudden, a big, large company came out with this reversible umbrella. He still had no clue, had no idea. He was so self-insulated that I guess he didn't watch TV because this umbrella was completely everywhere. Now, the problem was is they had a company that literally infringed on his patent and was taking his idea that he never realized, uh, you know, never manufactured, never had a chance to really bring it to the uh, marketplace, and they were selling it out everywhere for tens of millions of dollars. Well, granted, that's going to be a lawsuit. It's going to take a very long time. But if they changed any part of that umbrella, if that, uh, that direct response company did that and didn't let the inventor know, there could be an actual problem. So what I'm saying is, if you've got a great idea or an invention, you know, keep it to yourself until you have the idea protected. So you don't have to worry about somebody taking your idea uh, and doing first to file at the United States Trademark and Patent Office, because uh, that can actually, well, lose your invention. So let's talk about the how-to guide of inventing. So here it is, you've come up with a solution to a problem, right? Research is a must. You've created the perfect solution to never need problem, but in your mind, yeah, you know it well, but do you know it well enough to sell it? Sometimes it's pretty obvious. No? Well, here, okay, look, it's not that simple. You may see why it solves a problem. Others may see it in a different way. So what you need to do um, is research. You need to determine if your idea is unique, never thought of before. Uh, maybe if there's a real market for your idea or invention. Just because it's a, an idea or an invention that would work in your, in your world doesn't mean it's going to work in everyone's. You know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs and inventors tend to overlook the research part of the process because it's, it's not fun. I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's not as fun as creating and producing and pitching your product. Yet, this is the one step that can keep you from putting money in an idea, well, only to find out that there's something else out there like it. 
uh, some basic searches online combined with a retail research, maybe targeting some customers' feedback, that's certainly a great start. You know, searching the internet probably is one of the fastest and most convenient ways uh, to obtain information on any key question that you might have on your invention or your idea. To find the most information, search as if you want to find your product idea or solution. Yeah, you heard, me, you heard me right. Yeah, it may not be out there yet, but you need to think that it could be. So you're looking to see if it really is out there. So in browsing, use the most basic of keywords and phrases that describe your idea. Now, finding something that might be similar to your idea is not always a bad thing. Think of it this way. It's a perfect time to do opposition research about a product's success or even its failure. This initial research will also help you in the, in the later marketing of your product or idea. I mean, it really is. It's, it's going to make your product better, different, or maybe make it more appealing to a customer that you want to buy your product or idea, right? So next time, you'll want to do a, a patent search. Now, here's what I do. And, you know, I've done this a, a lot on different inventions that I've either had submitted to me. I had, you know, entrepreneurs want me to review their invention to see if it's, if it's worth something or if it could be used out in the marketplace today. Well, I do a patent search, and usually I find Google's patent search easy to use. I mean, others will use the USPTO, which is the United States Patent and Trademark Office, their search tools. Now, the purpose of the preliminary search is to quickly identify what may exist that's similar to your idea or your invention. Uh, if there's a patent holder. Uh, remember, self-searching should not be considered a replacement option for a legal you know, representative or an attorney that you know, really works with intellectual property and IP. Uh, it's a lot more efficient and certainly they go through a lot more hoops than just a regular patent search that many of us might try to do. You know, uh, there's even other types of research out there as well. One that I like to do is shopping, shopping research. Uh, it helps to determine if your product or idea truly has a market. So is your product an item that would sell in a store or maybe it's part of the digital marketing world? and it's a product that can be sold or featured online. I mean, you're gonna to wanna to visit various retailers so you can see how they market products that are similar to yours. You look at their products, how they're packaged, you know, check out how they're displayed. I mean, it's really the perfect time to gather information that you're gonna to wanna to use later uh, and see if their approach of selling a product is gonna help you down the road. So if your product or idea is not one you're seeing being sold in a, like a traditional retail setting, do an extensive search of what's being sold online and how they're doing it. Look at some of the biggest sites for products that are similar to yours and the products they sell that are in the same category. Because here you got it, success leaves trails, gang. And you're gonna find a lot uh, that you can use when you search some of the biggies out in the marketplace today. Um, another way to research your product or your idea is customer feedback. It's another way to see what triggers a response from a potential buyer of your product. It's also a good way to, to judge the reality of a problem that you created you know, your, your solution for. Now think about this. Most will start this part of the process by sharing with family and friends. Now honestly, I, I think it's the wrong thing to do. Honestly, right now, don't do it. What you get while you're asking for their advice and their thoughts about your idea, uh, well, pretty much are going to be answers that are skewered toward making you feel good. Uh, about what you're doing and not really giving you the kind of feedback that's going to help you in the creation you know of your product or idea because they're always going to want to give you the best thoughts they're not going to you know they don't want to hurt your feelings they don't want to put you down 
but usually their input and their idea or feedback is better off after you've created your product. I mean, when you think about it, really your best way of getting accurate feedback is to target the people that you think best represents your customer. You can ask them questions regarding their thoughts on your original problem. Uh, so see what they would come up for a solution. You know, introduce your solution as a possible way to, to address the problem and, and see if they would use it or not use it. Make sure to pay attention to their responses. Positive and negative responses could help you in perfecting your product's features and benefits in the end. And that way helps you with your final pitch for your invention. You know, so during your target research, you should also keep track of all responses that come from people of different ages, uh, gender or personal traits, interests, spending habits. Some sample questions that you could ask could include things like this. Have you ever seen something like your invention? Uh, what do they think of your solution to the problem that you addressed? Uh, if they didn't like it, ask them why. Would they buy it would be another great question. What would they be willing to pay that helps you with your research later? Or um, who do they see using your invention if they're not going to use it? Okay, so here we are. We've done all our research. We're getting, we're getting really close to getting this thing started, right? Now, I know a lot of you, you know, you are either becoming an entrepreneur or maybe just because you've gotten older and you're an older boomer uh, like I am, you're starting to, well, recreate yourself. Take a lot of the expertise and the knowledge that you have or that you've gathered over the years and you're starting to use it for your own benefit. I mean, so moving forward with your invention or your idea is about to become more exciting. Because, I mean, after all of your research is done and you feel really positive that your invention or idea has a chance to become a reality, I mean, you're ready to start moving on to the next basic step in protecting your invention. Although this is going to sound kind of simple and perhaps obvious, the only way you can make sure your idea or product is protected uh, really during the inventive process is by sharing as little information as possible. I mean, there are legal agreements that can help you protect the knowledge of your idea with those that you choose to, well, share your idea with. They're commonly known as a, an NDA, this was a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, it's a confidentiality agreement. Both of these agreements are typically created and signed by two companies or individuals when one party uh, wants to share propriety or intellectual property with another. Now, prior to requesting NDA to be signed, make sure the party that you're considering sharing information with can actually assist you and answer your questions. Because having a, sign, a signed NDA should not be an issue. Should there be objections from the other side, though, you might want to reconsider it. Uh, it may be a suitable request for you, but if they're not trustworthy or you're afraid they're going to share your information even after they sign it, you might not want to do it. You really deserve a high level of confidence when you're going to be talking about your invention or idea with, uh, with someone. Don't make the mistake that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that are beginning and starting out and inventors that are very passionate about their invention, but forget the basic protections that keep their idea from being stolen or knocked off. You know, I know I'm really kind of harping on the whole fact about, you know, legally protecting your invention, but you really need to. It's a big step. You've done all your research. You're ready to go further down the path of success for your idea or your product. But now you should really seriously consider 
obtaining a patent or at least a provisional patent so that you can uh, close the protection around your product even tighter. Basically, a patent is a legal document issued by the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And we call that the USPTO. Um, it provides a, a set of exclusive rights to the patent holder to prohibit others from making, using, offering for sale, or selling the patented item for an assigned period of time. Now, the law of patents and protecting your intellectual property is, is extremely complex, and it's a big undertaking. It has a tremendous amount of details. Sometimes it's almost too complex to cover, you know, as we're doing right now on the, uh, the Booming It podcast. But, you know, law is something that, well, you spend a lot of time and certainly a tremendous amount of time learning it. There are specialized IP attorneys, intellectual property law, that uh, they spend a lot of time in law school and patent training. I almost recommend using their experience and expertise when it's needed. Yeah, I, I know there are a lot of do-it-yourself options out there that can save you money, but just realize that your attempt to cut costs could possibly reduce the effectiveness of your legal protection if you happen to do it improperly. Okay, so we've talked about legal, right? So now we know we need to protect our invention and our idea, and we have to do some research to get it to this point. But next up is gonna be some fun stuff. Prototyping, manufacturing. That's the most tedious part of your inventive journey, but boy, I gotta tell you, it is a lot of fun. Let's start with the prototyping idea first, because ideally it's a sample of a working model of your invention, your idea, your product. Now you wanna make sure that your prototype looks and functions like what you'd expect your product to do as you get closer to presenting it or pitching your idea. See, here's what happens. <laughs> it's happened to me too many times. Uh, most inventors create a prototype to aid in the planning and creation of, let's say, molds or manufacturing or, or patenting. I mean, it's a critical step, but you can't believe some of the, the things that I've actually received and, and under secret darkness of a, of a special uh, no-label box and inside it was something that literally had fallen apart just in the shipping of it. You had no idea how it works. So this is really a critical step, gang. Prototypes provide the, the benefits and opportunities so that if you can start to pre-sell it, meaning you can talk to investors maybe to help you with your idea or if just you're thinking of licensing your idea, at least you've got something to show, right? Because here, prototypes provide the following benefits and even opportunities. It tests your idea, functionality. It also is going to ensure your design, well, it works as intended. Uh, it also gives you the ability to make changes. You know, this is when the costs are low. There's nothing like having an idea or, or have a mold made that costs you tens of thousands of dollars only to find out that you're going to need to make some corrections because then you're just going to double the cost, right? Uh, and, and then here's the thing, too. You have a model of your invention that can be used for sales meetings, for presentations, for trade shows. Pitches to investors or banks. As long as you have a prototype that works just like your idea and you can show and demonstrate it, this is going to help you along in the long-term process of getting your invention or idea out to, um, out to market. And, you know, if you do have a prototype, it clearly communicates what your invention is going to look like during the final stages of, of manufacturing. Now, here's the thing. Uh, as far as cost-wise, Prototypes can be expensive. Some can be reasonably priced. Um, now, I've seen prototypes that can be expensive and can be reasonably priced, maybe like two to $5,000. And I've seen them as high. And I had one inventor that showed me an invention that cost them almost $30,000. 
that's just for the prototype. That's unbelievable. You know, manufacturing your product is really a, a big undertaking. Uh, that is really made easier if you followed all of the steps that I've told you so far here today on booming it uh, to get you there. From marketing research, improving the actual design to prototyping, and then obtaining the cost of manufacturing, the amount of time it's going to take to make yourself an expert or at least knowledgeable enough so that you'll be able to go out and pitch your product and, and do it with great success. I mean, this is all really important research. Uh, potential costs that will be associated with manufacturing your invention, depending on the invention and the requirements of manufacturing, can really add some great costs. But if you've done your research right, you could also lessen your costs as well. So when, when contacting manufacturers, maybe a potential supplier, take advantage of their experience and knowledge. Many, if asked respectively, will volunteer their information to you. It's important to develop mutual honesty. I mean, they're going to possibly be your partner in an upcoming enterprise, and you want to make sure that they're being upfront with you with all of the issues, even all of the costs. Now, it looks like I'm running out of time for this podcast today, so we're going to call this part one. Get ready, though, because the next pod and the next podcast we're going to do uh, in uh, episode nine is going to show you how to pitch this product, this amazing invention idea, this solution to a problem that you've created, and now you're getting ready to unleash it on the on the marketplace. Hey, thanks for listening to Booma today. I hope this helped you out, especially if you've come up with an idea or an invention. You're reinventing yourself. You're really doing it the Boomer way. <laughs>